welcome back to the Cheating Podcast. Last week, we talked about the frustrations behind the writing process. You know, your writer's block, your imposter syndrome, what have you. And in order to create a balanced environment, I've decided to focus on the positives of writing. Teen Inc. is made up of over half a million writers. We've been in business since 1989, so it's probably more than half a million writers. But that's a lot of people. And because writers love writing, and apparently they love writing about writing, there is a whole slew of articles about, you guessed it, writing. And most of it, I will say, is positive. Of course, loving writing doesn't mean ignoring the stress and the struggles of churning out a perfect draft. But writers continue to write in spite of these struggles. It's a lifestyle for many, a way to calm the chaos in their brains, work out conflicts between personalities, and explore worlds no one has ever seen before. In a world where it seems like all of your wildest and most unrealistic dreams can be just out of reach, writing allows you to create a world where the sky's the limit. So we asked some of our followers on Instagram to answer the question, what do you love most about writing? And here are the answers. At Bank Emma says, being able to express my emotions when I don't feel like I can or want to speak them verbally. At Maddie Loves Smooches says, getting to create something that knows exactly how I feel. At Riley Bellinger said, it helps me sort through the mess in my brain. And at Bluey underscore Iris says, sometimes writing just clears my mind. So whatever your thoughts on writing are, um, you're here. You are obviously a fan of Teen Inc. You love creative expression. And you're ready to hear what other people have to say about writing. So without further ado, this episode will be presenting poignant pieces on how writing has changed the lives of teenagers everywhere. This article is called Engineering Worlds by M. Chu. I write fiction because I like to engineer worlds. I like choosing names and designing personalities. I like making landscapes and painting castles. I like creating rivers and imagining mountains. Most of all, I like to fit it all together, to create a collage where each piece fits just right, where the grass turns silver under a looming moon and a cobalt river flows into a turquoise sea. Of course, sometimes it doesn't fit just right. Sometimes my worlds are rough and cobbled together with clumsy words and indiscernible metaphors. My characters, confusing and contradicting, bewildered and lost. Those times, I can spend hours glaring at a page and wondering why it feels so wrong. Why sometimes words flow from my fingers like ink, and other times they stick like gum to my lips. When I think about this, I find myself forgetting that I like fiction so much, and wondering why I even write when it's so difficult. I criticize my descriptions. I struggle to find words that don't repeat themselves. Why did I say the moon weeps moonlight? It's too repetitive, but the moon weeps light sounds wrong too. How can I make it better? I can't think of another word. Why can't I think of another word? I try to draw my story on longer, unsatisfied with the ending. I argue with my past self and find myself detesting the characters I sketched with hunger and forgetting as their essences. I try to improve it and dig myself deeper into irritation as I do. But then I see dialogue between death and ambition and descriptions of berries and shadows, 
I see eyes, both green and gray, and cats who remind morning characters of their past, and I start to remember why I write. I find an ending I can believe in, and I muse on memory. I realize that I don't write fiction because it's easy. I write it because it's hard. Because it makes me think and imagine. I enjoy the challenge, and I enjoy the end result. I enjoy writing in all its black and gold glory. I enjoy fiction in all its disbelievable entirety. This article is called The Orange Beret, and it was written by Amy Way. Sometimes I think the best way to get to know a person is through their writing. That is one of the reasons I enjoy reading. It is also why I have never read my grandfather's books. Through my limited interactions with my grandfather, I came to know him as a man of few words. I suspect I inherited his taciturn nature, considering how the rest of my family is much more vocal in comparison to the two of us. He was not particularly active either, which is another trait we share. It's hard to imagine a man as sporty and as assured as my father being related to him. Whereas my dad enjoys practicing his golf swings, my grandfather preferred to sit at his desk and write. Over the years, his health condition fluctuated. At times, he would cheerfully walk out of his room and teach me ancient Chinese calligraphy. Other times, he had to be pushed around in a wheelchair by the housekeeper. Even with his graying hair, he could always be found writing in his study, surrounded by stacks of old books. Seeing him there gave me immense comfort. It seemed like, while the earth was constantly rotating on its axis, taking all of us with it, my grandfather sat unwavering, like a fixed star in the night sky. I did not get to know him personally before he died when I was ten. Admittedly, I forced myself but failed to shed a tear during the wake when everyone else in the room, even my father, who rarely demonstrates any form of vulnerability, cried. As much as you can judge me on that, I was unsure of how I felt, standing next to the glass casket that contained his corpse. His skin looked even paler than usual. He looked so at peace I believed he was slumbering and would wake up at any moment. But he never did. I was too young then to understand what death means, especially for those left behind. Although I always knew my grandfather was a novelist, it was not until I held his books in my hands for the first time that I realized how impressive that was. I tried to read his books on multiple occasions, but I was always disappointed to find his language was too intricate for me to understand. Later in life, I have come to appreciate literature as one of the greatest inventions in the history of civilization, and have had the privilege to read works by a variety of authors of diverse genres. I have understood fully how much a book can reveal to us about the author. Despite that, I have still not read a single piece of work written by my own grandfather. As I have learned through the years of adolescence, staying under the same roof or eating at the same dinner table every night does not necessarily indicate an alignment in values and ideas. I don't mean to say that it's a bad thing per se, but at times I felt as though I was a misfit in my family. I was, and arguably still am, an extremely resilient and introverted child. I was drawn to abstract concepts and the realm of idealism. On the other hand, most of my family are outspoken and pragmatic in their approach to life. Therefore, conflicts were almost inevitable. I remember after a heated argument, my aunt told me that she read the essays I wrote and that my grandfather would have been really proud of me. I could feel the tears emerging from the inside of my body and building up in my eyes. I excused myself to go to the bathroom and cried. She was talking about the essays I had written about an author. It was nothing authentic. I didn't want to write much about myself because I was afraid of judgment and rejection. I received many compliments from my family and friends because of that essay, but it didn't seem very significant to me. 
I was crying not because I regret being defiant and rude to my family. I was crying because I would never be able to know if my grandfather would have been proud of me or not. As many similarities as I seemed to share with him, he could never offer me any guidance on how I should endure the hardships in life or commiserate with me in any circumstances. My dad has told me that my grandfather was strict with him when he was young. I thought that contradicted the image that I have of grandfather in my head, always in a state of undisturbed tranquility. Maybe he was nothing like the person I imagined him to be. Maybe my idealism distorted my perception again. Maybe I created a fictional character who resonated with me to derive some comfort. The thought haunted me every time I thought I'd mustered up enough courage for me to read his books. A few years ago, I came across and purchased one of his writing collections on a bookselling platform. It was a second-hand copy published in 1960, five years before my father was even born. I stared at the library label on the front cover and wondered how many people have gotten to know him through his work. I don't think of my grandfather very often anymore. When I get a perfect score on my essay or am praised for my writing, however, I'm always reminded of him. One night, I had a dream in which he was smiling genially to greet me on his wheelchair with an orange beret on his head. I couldn't tell if it was merely an invention of my imagination and blurred memories, but it didn't matter anymore. This fiction piece is called Pursuit of Passion, and it was written by Min Sung Kim. Thoughts of a new storyline slipped through Jiyeon's mind as she strolled down the buzzing streets of Gangnam on a Monday morning. Should Dylan be shocked when his friend reveals his true identity? Or should he have already known it? She wrote short stories as a part-time writer. She smiled as she contemplated which plot to choose that evening with her little lamp on the kitchen table. At one hand, Jian also thought of her mother-in-law, who always nitpicked on how to cook food for Jian's husband. Ever since her father-in-law suddenly passed away a few years before, she has become even more picky on her taste. Her call has been increasingly frequent, from once a week to twice, even thrice, every day. Jian brushed off disturbing thoughts as she arrived at the brunch cafe, where she had arranged a meeting with her two old friends, Yanju and Sumin. As she entered the cafe, the friends greeted her with warm hugs, and the three of them dived into a conversation about their long past high school years, when they had nothing to worry about but to study and get home at time for dinner. It was always pleasant for Jian, these gatherings. They offered a short but precious break from her onerous life, waking up early to pack lunches and fretting over her daughter's education. About an hour into the conversation, Jian's phone began to ring inside her handbag. She was hesitant to pick up at first, not wanting to be reminded of her life outside the cafe. All she wanted was to stay in the oasis with her friends and her memories. Yet in the end, she grabbed the phone and excused herself, since she wanted to avoid any unnecessary consequences in case it was anybody she should absolutely heed, especially her mother-in-law. Hello? Jian, I didn't expect this from you. How dare you treat my dear Jihan and Yeji like this? A calm and angry voice from her mother-in-law was flowing through her ear. Worried and confused, as she had never mistreated neither her husband nor her lovely daughter, Jian carefully asked her what the issue was. I noticed that a person named Kim Jian has been continuously writing for the Soul Daily. I was confused at first, and thought that it should have been another person with the same pen name as you. Yet, as that pesky name kept appearing in the magazine, I decided to probe you just in case. After two months of spying, every time I visited your apartment to bring you my nabak kimchi, I happened to look through your pink writing notebook on the kitchen table, next to a small lamp, with the writing exactly the same as the story in the magazine that I had read just two days ago. It was then that I confirmed your unacceptable behavior. 
Cold sweat trickled down Jian's back as she tightly grabbed her fists. Like in the case of many of her married female friends, the presence of a mother-in-law was a formidable one, still in the modern-day Korea. Will I be able to continue to write stories every evening, she thought? What will happen to my marriage life from now on? Her mind went blank out of the fear of the potential consequences. Now that I know that you write useless stories every evening and therefore could not focus on caring for my son and granddaughter, you will have to be done with it, her mother-in-law said. If you get caught one more time, I will not take this issue easy on you, like I am today. Jian lost her words for a moment. Her lips trembled in anger and her eyes lost focus. She sloppily answered yes to her mother-in-law's demand, but her mind was full of anxiety, lost of what to do next. So much has changed just after a phone call with her mother-in-law. That day, Jian could not delve into the memories of her teenage life with her friends anymore, as if the water from the oasis had all been evaporated. Even when she was walking down the streets back home, or cooking dinner for her family later on, she could not erase the constant reminder that she could no longer work on her writings. She felt lost the most that very evening, when she realized that her writing session on the kitchen table was now a thing of the past. She felt hollow, as if her notebook on the kitchen table, just an arm's reach away, seemed like a mile away from her. And just like that, a year passed since Jian stopped writing short stories every night. Though nothing has changed in her life, from preparing lunchboxes for Jihan and Yeji, to the annoying phone calls from her mother-in-law from mundane tasks, everything was now different. Jihan no longer talked about her joyful memories from the past, nor was she happy in any sense. Her life was now meaningless, with nothing left for her passion. One day, Jian cleaned her apartment as usual before Yeji arrived from school. Unlike any other day, however, she decided to clean a large cabinet that stood untouched. When she opened it, she found a great number of papers that were turning brown and covered in dust. Not being able to remember what the papers were for, Jian pulled them out and began to read through them one by one. Surprisingly, they were a series of her previous writings, the ones she wrote and had serialized in the Seoul Daily magazines. Beneath the papers was the pink notebook that she had brainstormed and wrote her first drafts of her writings on, the thing that she used to adore. At a first glance of the dusty papers in the pink notebook, Jian immediately recalled the memories of writing short stories every evening next to her tiny lamp that now stood alone on the dining table of Dylan and Annie and so many other characters who she cherished. She again felt the empowerment of creating a whole new world, shaping the destiny of her characters. She was able to remember the liberating moments when she was detached from her onerous life and to dwell on her own reality made up of purely her imaginations. Shortly after, Jion was quick to realize how meaningless her life had been after she quit writing. Though she was safe from her mother-in-law's threats of abandoning her at the moment, or having her marriage life under threat, she gave up her passion and her love for writing. And for the first time in a year, she began contemplating if her decision to simply conform to her mother-in-law truly suited her. After a few days, shortly after Yeji left for kindergarten, Jian untangled her apron and carefully walked towards the kitchen table. She slowly pulled out the chair and reached for the pen. She paused for a second before she grabbed it, in anxiety of whether she really had the courage to start writing again. However, as she picked up her pen, Jian was full of enthusiasm as the pen strided down the pink notebook as she once again unveiled her world of imagination. A few hours later, she decided to contact her old friend working as an editor in Seoul Daily to publish her stories in the magazine. 
Jiyeon brushed off her lingering concerns and was now determined to continue writing and pursuing her passion. She could not return to the dark days when she felt nothing but hollowness within her. She could not let her life be so devoid of meaning once again. As expected, Jiyeon's mother-in-law called her in a few days. As the phone rang in her purse, she breathed a deep breath and answered the call in defiance. Shouting and even swearing harshly peered Jiyeon's ear through her phone as soon as she picked up the call. How dare you! I have already warned you that you will not have a second chance and you have simply ignored my demands as your mother-in-law. You shall meet dire consequences, so be prepared, you idiot. Mrs. Lee! Jiyeon abruptly interrupted her mother-in-law's callous shoutings. No longer did she feel intimidated by her mother-in-law's warnings or swearings. She confronted her outrage against her and refused to yield in any terms. I know that you have figured out that I began to write short stories again, as you have already read in the Seoul Daily magazines. I just want to inform you that I have a true passion for writing stories, and nothing can stop me from doing it anymore. Not even you. I am still capable of caring for my family, even when I'm writing my stories. It only takes a short amount of time in the evening anyways. Jiyeon heard her voice quivering and began to take a pleading tone. So please, take some pity on your daughter-in-law and leave me alone. Even if you don't, you can no longer convince me to quit writing just to care better for my husband and my child. There was nothing but silence on the other side, as if she was stunned. The silence broke only after a few moments as Jiyeon began to speak in a calmer tone. Mrs. Lee, I know that you can also relate to my problems. I know that you, just like me, had to give up your passion of drawing as soon as you married my father-in-law so that you could fully devote yourself towards caring for your husband and your kids. You know best how painful it is to simply give up your lifelong passion like that. You know how it was to live without what meant so much to you. So please, Mrs. Lee, I plead with you to let me write what I want to. Free me from the shackles you were chained to throughout your entire life. As soon as her daughter-in-law discussed her own life after marriage, Jiyeon's mother-in-law was reminded of the empty, hollow feeling she felt ever since she gave up on drawing. After a few moments of silence, this time it was Jiyeon's mother-in-law who finally spoke. Fine, Jiyeon, you are fairly persuasive this time. I give in. But remember that you should always maintain good care of your family even when you're writing your short stories every evening, or else then I really have to prepare some consequences for you. Jian, delighted, answered with joy, I will take note of that, Mrs. Lee. Thank you for understanding. From that day on, Jian returned to a regular but precious task of writing on her pink notebook every evening next to her little lamp and serialized her short stories again without any concerns regarding her mother-in-law. The once dried up oasis was now lively and full of water. In the meantime, her mother-in-law also took this opportunity to reflect upon her own life. Just like Jian did a few days ago, she contemplated if it was right for her to give up drawing after all, and pondered if it was truly incompatible with caring for her family members. A few days later, to everyone's surprise, her mother-in-law started to draw the bountiful flowers on the beautiful hills of her hometown, with such good skills that even Jian got to admire. The once-hot-headed temper of her mother-in-law also cooled down, and she became much more amiable, a loving character to others now. Both of the women from then on continued to live their passions. I think these three articles really emphasize how important writing is to many people. 
um, especially who I'm guessing is this audience full of writers. Whether you use writing to connect with people or connect with yourself and feel joy through one small or large activity, or just to challenge yourself and do something that is undeniably difficult. Writing can bring so much comfort, so much love and structure, and for many, it's a path to self-betterment. So I really encourage you all to keep writing, maybe even write about how much you love writing or what you really like about writing the next time you get writer's block, because I'm sure it'll happen soon. And not in a I'm cursing you with writer's block kind of way, just in like, it happens to everybody and it's very common. So yeah, what's your favorite part about writing? Send in your submissions at teenink.com slash submit. We're always accepting new submissions and we are always, always looking forward to reading more of your submissions, seeing your artwork, watching your videos, anything. And don't forget to follow us on social media if you would like to connect further. We post a lot about um, new opportunities that we have. And we also use our Instagram as a way of showcasing your artwork to the world. So be sure to give us a follow at teen.inc. And I will speak to you next week. Bye.